Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. Zoe is joined by Professor John Glasby, Director of Impact, the UK Centre for Implementing Evidence in Adult Social Care to Improve Outcomes. So I'm delighted to have Professor John Glasby from Impact join us for our today's episode of Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. John, can I ask by um, start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell me a bit about the role that you're in at the moment, please? Yeah, hi Zoe and hi everybody. Yes, my name's John Glasby and I'm a social worker by background uh, and I work at the University of Birmingham as a professor of health and social care. Uh, but I'm also the director of IMPACT, which stands for Improving Adult Care Together. And it's the new UK Centre for Implementing Evidence in Adult Social Care. Uh, we've had funding from the uh, Economic and Social Research Council and the Health Foundation, around £15 million, to set up and then run this evidence centre between now and the end of 2027 in the first instance, trying to make sure that evidence of what works gets used in practice in social care to, to make a difference to services and to people's lives. Fantastic. Thank you, John. And I think for people working within social care who, who haven't actually heard of impact before, can you tell me a bit about the, 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 the mission statement? And also, it's not about research, it's about implementing the research. Can you explain that a bit more for us, please? Yeah, sure. So we believe that good care isn't just about services, it's about having a, a life. So adult social care is uh, something that we invest in as a society, as, as a sort of form of social and economic investment to, to kind of create the lives that we all want to have with, with each other. Practical care and support on services can be an important part of that, but the, uh, the aim uh, for me is around um, good lives uh, and ordinary lives. Yeah. Yes, that's right. In terms of the centre, it's not a research centre, it's an implementation centre. So impact takes evidence that already exists and then it works to provide practical support on the ground to get that evidence used uh, by practitioners, by services, by people who draw on care and support or carers to uh, improve and make a difference to those services and hence to improve outcomes for people. Uh, so in 2022, we had our what we call our establishment phase when we were piloting a series of different projects across the UK, as well as getting set up as a national centre. So running a series of uh, improvement projects across uh, all over the UK um, with the staff working in those projects, using practical evidence to support local services to uh, make changes and to improve uh, what they do. Um, and for colleagues uh, working in social care, we found that this worked best where something was really hard, um, people really wanted to do it, and there was some evidence that would help them do it even more effectively than they're doing it at the moment. So an opportunity to join up the evidence with why people came into the job in the, the first place and, and with the kind of lives that we all want to lead. And I should just say, when we talk about evidence, uh, we mean that in quite a broad way. So um, when I say evidence of what works, I might be talking about insights from different kinds of research, but I'd also be talking about insights from the lived experience of people who draw on care and support or who are carers and on the practice knowledge of people who work in different parts of social care. 
and we'd see those three things uh, research lived experience and practice knowledge as different ways of, of understanding the world that are all important in their own right and impact brings those together to compare and to contrast them uh, and to work through together with colleagues in the field how we then take uh, forward that evidence to make a difference to services and to lives. Fantastic. Um, I think that's a wonderful concept. Could you could you tell me a bit about some of the projects that you've been working on so that we can have an understanding of how that actually comes together and what that actually means in practice? Yeah, we've got a, a number of different delivery models for different types of, of, of issue. So um, for big strategic change issues, we run a series of impact demonstrators where a pair of quite senior colleagues, uh, we call them coaches, uh, work in a local service or local system over 12 months to help with uh, quite a large evidence-informed change project. Uh, for complex but everyday practice issues, we have a series of impact networks and their local groups all over the UK, all working on the same issue in their local area in a really practical way. They get some evidence from us to start them off. And then they go through quite a structured way of meeting and feeding back over six months. And the lessons that they learn as they go get, get collated and shared across all the different groups over time. We then, for smaller projects, we then have what we call impact facilitators. And they're often based in a small uh, a local service, perhaps a single service setting. Um, facilitating a, perhaps a smaller, more bounded evidence-informed change project. And then finally, our Ask Impact service um, checks out what's on people's minds across social care, the hot topics, and then it produces evidence-based but very, very practical uh, and uh, accessible guides to help people understand the evidence. Uh, so we've got a lot of projects coming um, from the middle of 2023 onwards as we grow. Um, but in 2022, we had a, a demonstrator in Mid and East Antrim in Northern Ireland, for example, looking at um, asset-based approaches in services for older people. We had three facilitators, one in Glasgow, looking at use of technology in home care, one in Leicester, looking at direct payments for people from black and minority ethnic communities, and one hosted by Hospice of the Valleys in Ebbw Vale, uh, looking at support for carers of people with dementia at end of life. And then we had two networks. The first looked at choice and control for people with mental health problems or learning disabilities, perhaps using something like individual service funds or in a Welsh context, uh, more cooperative uh, models of service delivery. And then our second network is looking at values-based recruitment in adult social care. And then finally with Ask Impact, our first guide should be out in early February, focused on recruitment and retention of staff in adult social care. Uh, the second one will be out in March uh, of 2023, looking at lessons learned during COVID. And the third one will be out in May of 2023, looking at what happens when people come out of hospital. Fantastic. And I think there's some, there's some great work going on there. And, and it, we've talked about sharing best practice. So, so how, how is impact going to do that across the wider population? You, you've mentioned about the publications, but, but how will you end up sharing all this best practice that you're gathering? Yeah, so Impact's model is based really on uh, learning by doing, so providing really practical support in the realities of local services and the realities of people's lives to use evidence to make a difference. So on the ground, alongside people, helping with stuff that they find hard, using evidence to try and make a difference, and then learning about what does and doesn't work uh, by doing that uh, and, and doing it differently and improving in, in future. Um, so a lot of our focus is on is on local delivery projects in the reality of local practice, 
but then we also work to um, extract the lessons that we've learned from that local project and then to find ways to embed them in national policy and practice uh, and we mean uh, practice as well as policy so it might be a, a government green paper or white paper um, but it could also be in the um, regulations that the inspectorate use or in the social work curriculum so that practitioners are educated differently in future or in some of the practice guidance that gets produced by some of the national bodies around new policies. Uh, so we'll do lots of work to share the lessons in the way that you'd expect through the website and through the kind of materials that we produce. And those will be really easy to use and really accessible, uh, but we'll also work to, to embed them in national policy and practice. And you know, in one sense, if we did a project and one of the inspectorates wrote the learning into their future methodology, then, then everywhere in the country would have to engage with the lessons from that project because it was written into the methodology of the inspectorate. Um, so it's a, it's a focus on um, not just telling people about what we're doing, but also trying to embed it in, in some of the, the national systems that we have. Fantastic. Thanks very much for bringing that together. Um, you've mentioned about people with lived experience and also practical knowledge of social care staff. Co-production is so important across all different projects. Can you tell me about um, what impact does in terms of co-production? Yeah, so that definition of evidence sounds like a philosophical uh, issue, but it's a really important statement of, of, of whose voices get heard when we have these kinds of debates and who gets to influence what happens. So we see evidence as constituting research, lived experience and practice knowledge. And there are various practical ways in which we try to review the evidence to bring it all together to represent those different insights and to produce something tangible and easy to use in, in practice. But actually seeing lived experience and practice knowledge as a form of knowledge in their own right and a form of expertise is a really, really important statement of, of, of what and who we value. And it's different for the sectors. Um, if you were taking a new medication, it would have been evaluated in a particular kind of way using a particular kind of research methodology. Uh, and that's great for new medications. Um, it doesn't work so well in terms of how people want to live their lives and the extent to which care and support helps them to, to do that. You need a, a different form of expertise. So that statement of what constitutes evidence sounds bland, but, but is actually quite a radical social care orientated statement of, uh, of um, these voices get heard when we have these kinds of debates. We've then tried to build lived experience in particular into every level of, of everything that impact does into our staff group, uh, into our leadership team, into our advisory mechanisms, into the uh, panels and the committees that our funders have to hold us to account for how we operate with such large sums of, of money that they've made uh, available to us. Uh, as part of that, we have a lived experience engagement lead who works uh, across the UK. Uh, they facilitate a co-production advisory group who provide some additional support and challenge to us in terms of how we're doing around co-production, areas of good practice that we should celebrate and continue with, but also areas of development where we could do further thinking or where we could do better uh, in future. Um, and a lot of our advice and support comes um, from five impact assemblies. Uh, and those are each made up of about 30, 35 people. They're a mix of people who draw on care and support, carers, practitioners, providers, commissioners, researchers, and others. Uh, there are five across the UK, one each in Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, and two in England. 
and they provide more bottom-up uh, advice and support around um, every aspect of impacts work so rather than having a single kind of steering group if you like of the great and the good if i can put it like that we've got these five more nationally more regionally based uh, bodies perhaps slightly closer to the reality of practice and to the reality of people's lives providing more bottom-up uh, support uh, and challenge and so those are just a few of the ways in which we try and do it. it's built into everything um but we've also got uh, an additional co-production advisory group to provide additional support and and challenge and develop our thinking and um, I mentioned earlier that we kind of learn by doing but we, we try and do that as a centre as well so with our first assembly meetings for example they're quite big uh, events and we've got very diverse groups of people and we work really hard at how we try and run those and facilitate them to, to try and um, reduce and kind of call out power imbalances and to make sure that everyone feels comfortable contributing in different ways um, people can take part in the discussion if they want to they can email in um, their thoughts afterwards if they feel more comfortable doing that all the discussions are in small groups with members of the impact team present so that if someone doesn't understand something they can it can be explained in, in more personal kind of ways and maybe it's easier to talk in that small group setting than it is in the big um, plenary room with you know 35 other other people um, and so on and so forth so quite a lot of focus on how we run um, those activities with the first one though at the beginning of 2022 i went i chair one of the assemblies and i went first uh, to do the first <laughs> one and it went really well but there was uh, some feedback uh, from some participants with learning disabilities that some of the materials could have been even more accessible than they than they were that some of the um questions that we asked could be even more accessible than they were we'd worked really hard at making them accessible but it it only went so far and it needed to be more um, so we were able to hear that straight away from the kind of feedback that we got uh, and we'd left a little bit of lag time so I went first and then there was a gap before the other four assemblies had their first meeting so they were able to um, do some extra work translating things into easy read formats uh, and, and so on and so forth and to frame the kind of questions and the discussion slightly differently and it went even better sort of second time around for them than it did when I did mine and then when I did my second one I did it in that kind of way and so on so it was quite a good example just a really practical way of of trying something genuinely trying to do it well and in an accessible fashion and getting feedback then changing it and improving it in response and, and you know so we will learn by doing as well as the kind of projects working with people to learn by doing as well i think that that's fantastic to to hear it was going to be one of my questions actually because because you talked again about people with lived experience and engaging people and co-production but it's following around that full circle. So, so when you're then sharing the best practice, actually what language are you using? What visuals are you using? So it's using people with lived experience or, or people with it working within the care sector to, to advise you on best how, how, to, how to best share that, that best practice. So, so that's fantastic to hear that. Yeah, definitely that. And then also it's your notion of what success looks like, isn't it? So so this is designed to make a difference to people's lives uh, and en route to, to make a difference to people's working lives as well, their ability to do the kinds of things that they, they came into the job to do in the first place. So, so if the evidence and if the way that impact works doesn't do that, then, then we're not delivering on that broader, that broader mission. So um, you know, success isn't balancing the budget. It, you know, success is the kind of lives that people lead together. Now, you need to balance the budget to, en route to, to that broader outcome. But I think it's staying focused on what success look like. 
hence that broader mission that, that, that good care isn't just about services it's about having a life absolutely thank you john and can we can we finish by by asking you um if people want to get involved how can they express an interest in getting involved yeah so the best way is to go on the impact website and then uh, there's a section called get involved and you can sign up there to uh, a newsletter um, which is a kind of monthly update that just comes by by email to, to keep you in touch with what's going on so for lots of people they may just want to do that because it's quite a good way of of getting an overview without having to kind of overcommit to anything given everyone's got such busy uh, work lives and such busy um, personal um, lives. Um, user and care-led organisations can also click a button there to provide a bit of extra information about their organisation to help us have a broader overview of the different uh, user and care-led uh, initiatives and networks that there are across different parts of the UK which really helps us in terms of our commitment to co-production and to, to lived experience but basically you can just sign up on the on the website. Uh, we've just been through quite a big national expression of interest process where all across the UK we've been asking organisations, community groups, uh, services and sort of partners at local level to submit expressions of interest around the projects and the topics that we want to work on in 2023 and the first part of 2024. Uh, that process is just closed and we're, we'll shortly be announcing the kind of projects that we'll be running from this summer onwards. But we'll be running a similar kind of process again uh, next year for future projects. And that was designed to be as simple as possible for people to complete. Um, they had to be aware of what we could offer and then, then what might be required of, of, of them. So we were really transparent about the, the offer and the ask, if you like. But the actual process of submitting an expression of interest was designed to be really, really simple because we were really conscious how much pressure everyone's under. And we didn't want people spending loads of time on, on a really fancy expression of interest that may or may not ultimately be successful. So the, the actual process probably would take you about five minutes to express an interest. You know, some of the conversations that go behind and before expressing an interest take, take, take longer to make sure that people are definitely up for it and that they, that they understand what's involved and so on. But there will be those kind of opportunities again uh, in, in future. I think beyond that, though, what, what would help us most is uh, people listening to the podcast will be really, really connected, you know, in their own lives and their own communities, you know, with other people elsewhere and, and so on. So if people could spread the word, that would be great. If an Ask Impact product comes out that really spoke to someone's situation, you know, actually, could they bring that to the attention of their their friends and their family and their peers and the, the organisations that provide care and support and so on. So I, I think a kind of bottom up sharing of um, the resources and what's possible would be really helpful, as well as more formally staying in touch with us as we as we grow and as we develop. Fantastic. Thank you very much, John. I, I love that bottom up approach and, and I love the impact that you're having. Um, thank you for taking part in this episode of, of Care Insights with the Outstanding Society. Thank you ever so much. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.